I wanted to book you on this uh, show that I do. It's that basement show. There's no mic, no chairs, and unfortunately, this time around, I can't pay you, but there is a buffet. Cops retirement party. I got no room for you to stay in, but there's free drinks. You wouldn't mind uh, hiding out for about a half hour, 45 minutes until the uh, birthday girl gets there, would ya? Wondering if you'd like to do comedy uh, on a boat. Not a very big boat, kind of just like a real boat. Really, it's just a canoe. Let me know if you want to do the gig. All right, hey everybody, welcome back to Death by Comedy. I'm Chris Walsh. I'm With Gary. Me today is I'm Gary. I'm Gary. <laughs> Just Gary. Um, it's good to see you, Gary. Uh, I don't know that anyone else can see us as yet. Uh, maybe someday this thing will blow up. We'll be doing YouTube's and we'll you know have all that Patreon stuff. But right now, it's you and I. We get to see each other's faces. It's exciting when it happens. I love it. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Um, we've been talking, Gary and I, uh, recently about environments, Mm -hmm. uh, be that the weather, be that the places you're asked to perform in, Mm -hmm. uh, these are kind of like where our mind is at. What were you thinking about, Gary? You you were talking about this. Your mental environment. (laughs) Mental environment is the most important thing. Uh, cause I, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I think like there's times, you know, like people have crowds come out to have a good time but they don't they don't realize like you know uh or maybe they do that we're we're just people <laughs> and so yeah. there's a life going on behind the stage yes. and so it's like i just came from a funeral but i gotta do this half hour because i needed <laughs> 75 bucks uh, can i just say that that i think you know i have this weird theory that i think you do better on stage when you point out the that you are a human and that you are going through those things like yeah you know i think about this often because one of my you know our i i can't speak for you but i think he's one of our favorite comics joe list he's mm-hmm. a good friend he's one of our first guests on the pod past guest uh he comes out and he usually says something like uh you know i, f- I do you hate me or you know you know he's like i hate myself or he <laughs> has this like bit of humanity his stuff isn't necessarily all self-deprecating but it starts from that place of like, I'm really nervous here, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think that goes a long way with crowds because they're like, you know, it shows them the humanity. It, it's like what my, my brother used to say. It's like um, teachers, you know, you, you, you imagine you, do, you never see teachers going to the bathroom, <laughs> you know, like they're not not, not that you got to see them going to the bathroom, but they never excuse themselves. They always go in between periods or on a break or whatever. But you never, you kind of never see your teachers in school as this like human person, you know. Mm. And as comedians, sometimes you're in that position where you're just like, "Yeah, I'm. This this could be rough, you know. I'm sick or I'm crazy or my, you know, my mother just yelled at me. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. I oh my god, you take your day out on stage. <laughs> yeah. Well, what to you? What was the biggest uphill battle where? Because to me, that's, you know, and I think to other comics, it's really funny. Like, you got to go and do a show, and you're in this position where, you you know, you just had a bad menu item from the club you're working in, or uh, whatever, and you're up there struggling. People tend to know, but the audience might not. Can you remember any of those instances where it was, like, really stood out, where you're just like, I'm at a loss here, I'm in trouble? I... I, you know, those times where you have food poisoning, and it kicks in eight seconds before you're getting introed and you're like yeah well let's <laughs> let's turn down the physical comedy tonight yeah <laughs> and i've been in the last few years i've been trying to be more of a bombastic and exciting performer and like standing up in the crowd and like engaging people yeah. and being like yeah like i see you and you see me and yes. like it's a it's a very personal experience so that, is that, does that mean you start from the crowd before you even grab the mic? You're doing a thing that's like the soapbox kind of a thing where you're sometimes, like yeah, Brody Stevens. Yeah, I I think he's a definite influence of like that. Yeah, that style where it's like you know, it just breaks this wall down. That's like I'm gonna talk at you, where I'm mm-hmm. up on the stage and you're in the crowd. It's like it's a fucking. It's always boring to me 
Where if it's yeah, somebody break that's, the fourth wall. Yeah, like when I saw Brian Regan, it was like one of the first comedians I ever saw, and it was like the best ever for years, and still one of the best sets I've ever seen. And there was one moment where he just like looked at me in the front row, and he didn't say anything, but that like it lit me up, like a connection you had with yeah. Brian Regan, and that I, you remember to this day. It's like you know it shook you in a good way. Exactly, and so yeah. like I remember doing this gig in San Diego at a divided pizza restaurant Connor Lockman uh-huh. had, had this comedy room in the side and they were picnic tables so people had to like sit like on yeah you know how it's uncomfortable well, everybody's sitting yeah like, weird... like a scarecrow <laughs> exactly <laughs> like so, instead of they couldn't swing their legs over they couldn't be picnicky mm-hmm. they had to be like uh cool duty it was turn around it, it was just like a lot of like uh, this room doesn't feel right. There's it's torrential right. downpour. Uh, the yeah. divider isn't that thick, so the whole side of the restaurant that's just there to eat because that's what it is. Yeah. It's a restaurant. Is the noise is just spilling over. So you have your work cut uh-huh. out for you. Um, yes. But Connor set it up so it was like the, there was people that had a following that came to see the show and they didn't care about the yeah. noise. They didn't care about the rain, and that was like okay. If they don't care about it, why sh- the fuck should I? And yeah. then all of a sudden, it was just like, I think I'm going to be sick. And Oh, wow. And then I start sweating. And I was able Ooh. to run to the bathroom and then run right back to be introduced. Yeah. And I had to do 40 minutes. That's and wild. I remember I was just pouring this sweat. <laughs> you know that? Oh, my God. That, like, you're sick from food sweat that's just... Yes. Like Jordan's yeah. Jordan's game where he was hit <laughs> that flu that flu po- food poisoning game. Uh, I got the fever. Yeah, and I, I think the fever is to do comedy. <laughs> I just grabbed Scottie Pippen at the end of my set. Yeah. And he carries me. Hang on. Um, I just was I, like, well, did ugh. you point it out or no? Was it something you call, you didn't call it out? I was sweating so much, and I like I think I wiped my head. The ball, yeah. so like every time you yeah. sweat, it's like just you turn on a faucet. And yeah, it's just my glasses will start to slip off. Yeah, <laughs> it's a I mess. can see the cartoon version of this. It's sweaty, gross. Uh, yeah, where it looks things. like tears flying <laughs> off, you know. And uh, I made it through. I just kind of like got off stage and then ran to the bathroom and uh, and then drove home from San Diego. <laughs> is that's rough and um but when you're doing something like that is it is it a struggle to think of the next thing you're gonna do or is it just kind of coming out of you like is it is it like that is it a good comparison to the jordan game or is it something where you're going uh you know you're kind of going like uh, you know killing a little time with like like you know doing those sort of cheats where you where you're you know improvising a little till you can figure out your next joke i i did have a good set i think if i if my memory yeah. serves me people were happy and uh, yeah uh, people that didn't see me really liked what i did and it right. wasn't that much more uh, that much different than what i normally do and it wasn't autopilot right. it was like yeah 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 i have to do it's my job i gotta do this yeah because nobody yeah. N- nobody always goes to work feeling the best and the guy who's, you know, the the surgeon and suddenly he's got someone on the table who needs their heart, you know, right. like switched or whatever Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can't be like, I'm yeah. just not, I'm, I'm not at my best today. You can't, yeah. it's like you, you, in a way, it's not life and death, but comedy is, I think to me, like that stakes of, yeah, I sound so full of shit, but it's no, I really I believe know. This. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But <laughs> I, what, what I'm what it makes me think of is the fucking the heart surgeon isn't eating uh, the corn on the cob at the fucking you know the San Diego fucking chuckle hut. You know what I mean? Like he's not showing up and going, ooh, uh, prom, whatever the fuck they got, like free uh, popcorn. You know, yeah, yeah, shrimp burger. You know, <laughs> he's, he, if he fucks up the heart transplant like that's because he strayed from the routine that morning you know he got the he 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 went the wrong way that morning but my guess is he 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 gets the granola and yogurt early that a.m and he's prepared to come in with some water and you know he's got a 
a camelback backpack on with the water in it or whatever he's doing that he <laughs> yeah, like he's climbing Everest. But uh, we show up and we're like, oh, oh, yeah, I do want the, uh, you know, the garbage burger. Because <laughs> it's free or a dollar yeah, off? Because that's all I'm getting on my drive <laughs> to San Diego. And I, I can't I can't put it in the tank like it's fucking Back to the Future 2. <laughs> tank of my car but um yeah that's a mistake we're always going to make but I, I do think you know one of the things you said just really made me think of you know to get a little pretentious with the comedy it's like it strikes me that it is easier when the crowd is on your side or things are going a little well because even just that extra second of laughter is such a huge help if you're on stage there you know like i i always think about this because like la is just you know, a nightmare. You want to talk about environments, like trying to work on new material in Los Angeles. If I may complain about this for a moment, I, I feel like I haven't said this enough on this podcast, but it can be just like, I mean, I'm prepared to go to other states to work on new shit, you know, when this pandemic is yes. over, because I think it's necessary. Um, and when you get to these shows, you do San Diego, like it makes you want to drive down there because you get decent much better audiences much better situations you know the food might be treacherous but the crowds are good and they're ready to laugh and they help you you know they can help you get through uh food poisoning <laughs> <laughs> they have great food poisoning crowds in san diego why do you think it's so hard to work on stuff in la um i would say several reasons i think there's a lot of different types of entertainment um you know, like on any given night, you know, not right now, but on a normal, regular day, pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, you know, you can go to like cheap music venues that have great, possibly great musicians, but it's like a cavalcade, right? Like if you go to Hotel Cafe or someplace like that, like my brother and I, one of the last sets we did before he moved back to Boston, we did a set in like the small room at Hotel Cafe, and then we came out and it was... um JT, Justin Timberlake, was performing in the fucking other room. I sat down after doing a set, and I didn't realize I was, like, literally back-to-back -back with JT. My, like, everyone I was talking to was, like, looking at me, making faces. I thought they were, like, reacting to the story I was telling. <laughs> and afterwards, my girlfriend's like, you didn't see? She's like, Justin Timberlake, whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah? I was like, because I told everyone to go watch him. Like, they came in to see me. I got people on the list, and I was like, no, fucking go next door and see him he was with like the tennessee kids or whatever that thing from the it was right around the time of that documentary and that's los angeles though you know what i mean like i'm on i'm in one room justin timberlake is in the next room you know what i mean when i do the comedy store it's like sometimes i'll go on at like one at night there's like no crowd and fucking dave Chappelle walks in and goes on after me you know what i mean and that's like that's not a brag that's just fucking how it is you know how the comedy store is it could be like sarah silverman or all these people that i love who perform there and it's like you go and do an open mic no one's gonna come to that open mic if you can pay on a monday whatever it is to go into the you know the, the potluck at the comedy store on an average night you know what i mean it's just impossible to get a crowd there and then i i, I think they're jaded you know they're a little jaded probably by the 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 amount of stuff they can see the value of those shows that in another city you would pay a hundred dollars or more for or whatever <laughs> you know there's probably other factors too it's like they know as well as anyone like people generally in this city that there's also tears here that, that there aren't really anywhere else like a bringer in boston you know maybe that happens once a week in boston like when you start out you do a bringer you know for those of you who are a little green on this podcast listening it's where you you know you basically pay to perform you get all your friends to come out you know, sometimes it's two friends. Sometimes it's 10 friends. In L.A., it's like 10 people all the time. Mm -hmm. And they might have two or, you know, there could be like f a, a gang of those shows every night. Yeah. You know, they're happening at the store. They're, they improv. Yeah. You know, spoiler, that's how a lot of people make their bones. A spoiler alert for comedy store uh, people that are romanticized it. When I got there, it was like, oh, every show in the belly room, aside from roast battle, was a bringer. Yeah, and it was. I was yeah. like shocked, and I was like, "No, that's that's just getting a bunch of people to do the marketing for you." And it was seven days a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Which is crazy. And that's going on at the Improv, and mm -hmm. that's going on at you know other random places. You know, it'd be like you know whatever, like the I forget what it is, like the Ha Ha in North Hollywood or whatever the fuck the name of that place is. You know, there's a bunch, and that's the other thing. There are so many clubs here. 
like in Boston, one of these clubs would be the, you know, you just immediately move the smallest club in LA and it would be the biggest club in Boston. Mm -hmm. But you got, it just feels like it within a, within like a, an hour or two drive, you have a ton of those places. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm thinking about like the improv in Ontario. There's like two down in Orange County within like 30 minutes of each other, you know? So there's like, there's just so much comedy and there's really great comedians too. So that's the other thing too. They're seeing people are seeing great comedy regularly when they want to go and see comedy. So it's hard to then justify going to a to an open mic. So you end up walking into a room and it's like self help. You know, it really is like 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 you know every like a, almost like a little cult where you're in there with all you know. You see a lot of comics going to these mics, and it's like, you know, everyone's got to work on stuff. People got to do things, but that is like the worst rooms I've ever been in have been some like Los Angeles open mics. <laughs> and this is something we haven't gotten into actually that much here, surprisingly, because we've had a bunch of L.A. comics on here. But one of the last shows that I went to before the pandemic closed, I mean, I talk about all the good ones, but one of the last shows I went to, I was like, you know, I remember I wanted to work on my my dad had passed like not long before the pandemic started and uh you know, I, I haven't really gotten into that too much, but I was like, oh, I have this funny joke, you know, I want to try out. And then going and trying like a serious joke like that at a mic like that, it makes you want to commit like quick comedy forever. You're just like, my God, what was I thinking? You know, I walked into a room full of just comedians in this tiny little space. And, you know, they're usually pretty forgiving, but on the right day, you can catch people you know, and everyone is sad and miserable, and they've this is like their third one they've done yeah. that day, and you're just like, ooh, boy, nobody's yikes. really uh, there. They're just yeah in the room, you know. Yeah, they're, they're looking at their material, figuring out what they're gonna do next. Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's so weird to all be with a common goal of trying mm -hmm. to do something. And get feedback to see if it works. And right. almost everybody in that setup isn't watching each other right. to help towards right. that goal. That's why people are like, oh, I just got to go to a bunch of open mics and get material out. And that's kind of a nice way of saying, um, go get your teeth kicked in and quit. Because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you do need to try your stuff out and you need to go to places, but... I don't know the value of certain open mics is what it was. And I don't know what it'll be like after this thing yeah. ends. Right. Which I've seen a lot of it's venues. It's kind of interesting up, to think know. about the future of what our business holds for us in general, you mm -hmm. know, when this thing is over, you know. It's because, uh, I, you know, I'm starting to think about that more and more. I mean, we're getting, you know, this is less comedy related, but I'm starting to see more friends. You're doing the thing where. You know, it's like one of your friends will take a mask off. Everyone else will leave theirs. You know, you're starting to get that like dance going where we're vaccinated. I got my second one as of, I think, tomorrow, Friday. Uh, I am, you know, it's like fully vaxxed where you're two weeks out from it. Nice. But it's weird, right? Because now you're going like, well, you just got to wait for the numbers to come down, see what that looks like. Maybe we go on the road eventually in the fall, the winter. Mm -hmm. Like, what does that look for like for us? Because you and I have been more cautious than everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, like we're not about to go out and put other people at risk doing comedy. We just don't, you know. And and my living is like, you know, I've been doing jobs on the side where I can sustain, and it's not as needed as some of our friends. You know, so it's like, again, an environment. Like, what kind of environment do you want to? Put, I have a question for you. I guess we can make this a little bit more fun, less pretentious. But I guess I don't know if this Go is on. an environment, but but uh, but it's it's uh, I don't know if this fits the theme, but it's like when people have a view of themselves going on stage versus how they do, and yeah. then how they maintain that. Like yeah. like I I might have told a story a while ago where I saw this guy. He was completely hyped up. And, you know, very, like a lot of, uh, we'll call it self-belief. He was pretty cocky. <laughs> and then walked up and just completely ate shit for like, you know, whatever the requisite, if it was like a 10-minute spot or whatever. It was just, you know, soup to nuts uh, bomb, right? And, which is fun to watch. Someone, you know, completely believe in themselves, think that they're great, get on stage, <laughs> just 
annihilation. The audience just crushed this guy like like a big wave surfer who couldn't get on their board, you know, with like sharks in the water, mm-hmm. and uh, and the board is made out of like plutonium. Um, this guy just states shit. And then came off stage and had to act with, like, enthusiasm before he, like, left the room. I don't know. It's just funny to me, the remove, because we need to have a certain amount of delusion to do what we do. You know, sometimes eventually it pays off. But have you ever been in that scenario or have you ever seen that where it's, it hasn't paid off? Where the cockiness or with you, you, you thought you were going to do great and then you walked up there and you were just like, oh boy, that was, uh, that was brutal. I had this, like, uh, period of, well, I hope it goes okay. Yeah. And then it wouldn't, or it might get enough where I could keep going. That delusion of, like, well, I got enough to not kill myself (laughs) and (laughs) drive back here to the Emerald Isle on a Wednesday night again next week. Right, right. Then... I started getting more like shows versus mics. And that was a, yeah. that was a big new education. Cause it was like, right. I've been learning how to play an open mic for four years and I'm really yeah. good at it. But now yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. need to learn how to pay, play a pl- place where people have paid to come in and right. have expectations. So that took a minute and I, that same feeling of it might go okay tonight. Yeah. 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 And then I was with like Nate Johnson at the comedy studio and I uh-huh. I was wearing like Nate very funny uh, oh. does a lot of characters like I I miss seeing Nate because <sighs> Nate would do something different all the time so funny always very funny always Not stayed the in norm. it he wouldn't yeah he stayed in character he just like really uh he was a part of our the great and secret yeah. comedy show and I always looked forward to see what he was going to bring because it was always something so out good. there and it worked and he was always a great guy so i yeah i yeah, think solid solid guy he was a guy i would i would buddy up next to we would uh-huh. both kind of watch the show and nerd out a little yeah and then great laugh too nate, <laughs> nate johnson great laugher yeah unbelievable the first time i ever met him we were just kind of immediately buddies in the back of the comedy studio in the booth yeah and then he went up on stage and started talking in a british accent yeah. And I, I was fucking losing it because this guy I know is not British. And he yeah, was just yeah. like, right, 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 the queue. You stand in the queue, you know? And <laughs> uh, and then he, like, slowly, like, fades, like, uh, chips. Uh, <laughs> the chips. And, like, he runs out of British words. He runs out of Britishisms, and then he's just like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and it was yeah, just yeah. this, like, a depressed guy. He's like, I just heard, I heard like, you got to be... English, if you're yeah. going to be a comedian or <laughs> something yeah. stupid like that. The whole point was yeah. like a guy trying to impress the audience. But I said to him, I looked at Nate and I said, I'm going to go up and kill. And he was like, <laughs> and then I went up and I killed. Yeah. And then I looked at him and he was like very impressed. And I said, and I killed. And it was yeah. like, now I know that this was like the whole time, how many years or whatever it was. Yeah. I needed to go in with the idea of like, I'm going there to do my fucking very best. Yes. Yeah. Doesn't matter if there's eight or 30 or a million people. Right. It's just go and kill. That's my job. Yeah. 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 And I've always, I've always admired that like, because, you know, we've talked about it a little bit, but, you know, confidence, it's funny because, you know, we've done very well. My brother and I had, he had done very well in comedy and stuff like that, but I always had trouble with confidence, like in my head, you know, going up. Like, I never had that moment where I was like, I'm going to go up there and kill. Like, I, sometimes I'd be like, all right, I kind of have to do well in this situation because we followed, like, I remember one time we followed uh, Anthony Jeselnik. And uh, I did it out of spite. You know what I mean? Like, he came back from, you know, he's a monster. I mean, he's a beast. His joke writing, his delivery, he's unique. You know, he's dark. We were doing this show, one of, like, the first year we lived in L- moved to L.A. at UCB. And the whole theme of it was, like, dark comedy. It was, like, give us your worst stories or, you know, whatever. And he, we, they put us on last, and we had to follow Jeselnik. 
doing like a decent amount of time, you know? So he went out, he did his whole chunk, and then he came back, and while the host was on, he actually said, follow that, Walsh Brothers, you know? And uh, and I was like, all right, you know, let's, let's see what we got, you know? Mm-hmm. Let's see what we got. And that was like a challenge from him, and I know he was like that. He was just fucking around. But I remember going out there and deliberately being like, all right, we have to deliver. And it helped that we had a, a really dark story that we had never told before to the point where they were filming it and we had to tell them to turn the cameras off, which was a nice opening to be like, you're filming? Please point your cameras towards the ground and turn them off. And then we proceeded to tell this like really horrible story uh, that I don't know that I can tell here because I'm not sure whether or not my mother listens, which is why. All right. <laughs> which is... Which is why we had them turn the cameras off, because my brother was like, I don't want my mother to hear this. There's a story about him. I want to hear this and, uh, in person from you someday. That's Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Well, it, we'll put it on the Patreon someday <laughs> down the road. If there is one, this will be... Well, you can request this later if you're listening and you want to hear it that bad. I'll tell it to you individually out there. Um, but it's it's a dark one. And, and I just remember in that instance going like, I know we can do this. I know we have the, the ability to do this. But I've never had the confidence to be like, I'm going to kill. You know what I mean? Like, it's not one of those things. But I think it gets to a broader point of belief, just that that sort of like believing you can. I always felt like in my career, my comedy, that people believed more in me than I did in myself. And I was just lucky to have that sort of like people go, oh, that guy's great. Or I really want to see him perform or whatever. But I guess that's another note to people out there. It's like you can really just have that. I think you, ha- as you, you know, as you were kind of pointing out, you have to have that that sort of, I don't know if it's delusion or if it's just um, confidence. Like you kind of have to. That kind of goes part and parcel with getting on stage. If you're gonna get on stage, then you have to have that, not only the drive but the belief that you can do well in these situations and should do well. It's it's passion. That's yeah. I think the best word because. I, I always didn't have confidence, but I and I yeah. always didn't have delusion. I definitely had right. both at certain right. times. But the passion is the one constant of like that has to be bigger than the I showed up in Worcester to do yeah. forty eight minutes yeah. on right. poker night and <laughs> not only are the playoffs on a flat screen TV above oh, the stage? Yeah. So is the ATM and everyone yeah. on poker night that's going bust in this Hold'em tournament. Yeah. Would then come onto the stage while I was doing Wow. My set. And then you'd hear them beep 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 beep. And then a guy go, This fucking fee? It's bullshit. <laughs> beep beep beep. And then take his money and then go lose it. <laughs> And nobody's paying attention yeah. to anything, the game or their life or their finances. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, it's funny because you point that out and, you know, the, the, our theme being environment, like, you know, you were saying earlier about starting from the crowd, you know, uh, that I enjoy doing that myself. I mean, I was kind of known and partly it came out of the fact that we would go show up places and I was it was a two man act, a double act as the as the Brits and Knight Johnson like to call it. <laughs> um uh double act and pete they wouldn't have an extra microphone even though a lot of times later on i would be like hey can we get an extra mic like a second mic um and then we'd show up there and there'd be nothing or it didn't work because they were using like the backup one that someone you know Chappelle slammed off his knee too many times or whatever you know what i mean like it's one of those like old-timey radio ones <laughs> well like... we did uh so we did a, a spot in canada once and the guy came back and he goes uh he just popped in the door and he held out his fingers and he had two headsets with the with the little like thing that comes around <laughs> the to your Garth mouth, like where Bro- it's brooks special yeah yeah the brookstone <laughs> um it's like got like a headphone thing and so my brother's like what the fuck is this you know and the guy's like oh i heard you guys you know he just kind of came in and i was like and my brother so what we did was because one they were wireless wireless i wore one and my brother took the other mic but i started from the back of the room like i normally would and then i came up but i was doing crowd work with people but i would insist that they use my microphone that was right in front of my mouth so I would go, oh, you got to speak into the microphone. And it was like I was kissing people, you know. 
I'd be like, oh, no, speak a little louder, and I'd be right in front of their faces. So um, It was weird. It got a little weird, but I think people might have enjoyed it. That's, That's Canada. You know, you got to – but my point is that we would we – would, and this is something I always love that the comedians do is when they use the environment. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's an ATM or, you know, I like the old legend comic that goes around the room. You know, that's like a fun – you know, they start with, like, the fan that's not really working or, you know what I mean? Like, they, they call attention to the environment. That's mm-hmm. always a really fun uh, thing. Like, DJ Hazard used to do a whole thing where he would go around the um, legendary uh, uh, um, headliner from Boston, DJ Hazard. He would always say, he look, he, you know, I know you're looking at me and it looks like there's a prison with a hole in the wall. You know, you look like the classic sort of guy who got out of prison with the shaved head he's like six five he's massive he looks like a motorcycle like you know a uh, tough guy motorcycle tough guy um <laughs> like a, that's a good movie he like a I... hell's angel or something you know like he just gets a shirt and he rips the <laughs> sleeves off you know he's like that like yeah mr I, clean i know, know what you mean but motorcycle tough guy is now gonna be in my comedy bio <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Motorcycle tough guy. You are a motor. You're a motorcycle motorcycle tough guy, Gary. Looking at a bike this you, weekend. Yeah, yeah. You got the uh, the finger fingerless gloves on while you're holding the mic, you know, with the like a like a a cut. Is that what they call it? Uh, like a motorcycle uh, yeah. jacket. It's called a cut. But uh, uh, sons of anarchy, guy. Um, so. So, you know, I just always loved when people did that. So when I would show up and they wouldn't have a mic, I would just start from the back of the room and people would be like, is this guy part of the fucking act or what? Um, And I remember one time we were doing a show like I used to have to because I would do characters and, you know, interrupt my brother in character. And I'd have to tell people there like, hey, I'm going to do this character. Please don't throw me out. Tell all your bouncers and, the, you know, the manager or whoever. I'd ask to see the manager. And I'd be like, please don't throw me out because uh, I've been thrown out from places like I, it's happened, you know, and you got to kind of go, I'm going to use the environment. I remember one time we were going to use like a pool table. And before I could do my character, I was going to go start playing pool because it was like right next to the stage. And we thought that would be funny. Be like, hey, I'll go out. I'll be an asshole. I'm going to use these. I'm going to just start queue up the balls. I'm going to rack the balls and then I'm going to give it like a hard break. And right as before we were about to do that, some other guys came and started playing pool. And we were like, no, no, this is supposed to be a sketch, not real life, you know? <laughs> so it's funny to be in those environments and have the environment be an actual, like what you're talking about is there's so many instances where you're asked to do comedy, where there's other shit already going on. You mm-hmm. get like double booked. Mm-hmm. In your mind, outside, the places around you. I, I, I think going back a little bit to the mental and personal life when i moved from boston to la you know i had kind of figured a way to live a life have a day gig that paid you know these all these bills live in this nice place and uh had a cycle of like gigs coming in where like yeah yeah i didn't aggressively book myself too much because i had enough of a setup and then that income and and then you know you leave all that you go to another city and everybody's like yeah come to la hit me up and you realize like all that hit me up is gonna be like all right i got a spot in six months now that you live here yeah 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 Um, yeah it's really funny and then you i'm just like so now i'm not doing any shows i'm burning through all the money i have and putting stuff on credit i put myself i'm not ashamed to say uh twenty five thousand dollars in wow, credit card debt. that is uh that's i mean that's almost something to be proud of <laughs> i lowered my that's credit a, score to yeah 430 <laughs> yeah. that's pretty bad jesus uh, uh i'm looking at your credit score here sir and it says uh you're fucked yep um i had three jobs and then it just became, my sister was nice enough to, to say, what are you fucking crazy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was like ready to ask my dad for money. And I was like, you know yeah. what? No, I'm, I'm going to get myself out of this in a way. And my sister helped me figure that plan out. 
and she helped subsidize like I, I started working for her so I made money there and I just started working seven days a week and had to stop doing comedy yeah in the place that That's I tough. moved to do comedy yeah and worked 50 55 60 hours a week to try yeah. to get myself out of this hole which I did yeah and I was like never again <laughs> never again <laughs> I got, you know, it's a, I got a similar story. It's funny because we, you know, we had a lot of a, a lot of heat in Boston. We, you know, we moved out here. We had a manager. We were like, you know, pitching things, doing all this shit. And I think maybe in a different position than you in that when we moved to L.A., we um, we were on all the like highest profile shows in Los Angeles. It was like, you know, Death Ray and all these shows that were like you know, you'd go or you'd host or you'd do whatever and you were on these shows with, like, really well-known comics, so in a position to succeed, but because I wasn't necessarily making any money, like, even though you do those shows, you're not necessarily getting paid and we weren't doing the road. We just moved to L.A. and we were here for, like, a year. Got a job at Home Depot, like you do, because I had to pay the bills. And uh, it was funny, right around that time, somebody else offered me a job. They just met me. I was helping my friend move and it was during like uh went right when Obama got into office and uh they had this like green initiative and this kid worked for this company that was like building like bu- they were building like skyscrapers and like huge buildings that were all supposed to be all green and that they were like recycle recycled energy and all this stuff it was like a new kind of a thing right and he's like oh this company they 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 help people build these you know buildings these green buildings whatever my cat is going fucking crazy i don't know if you can hear her I locked her out because she. I always walk her. <laughs> when I start talking, she walks. She's like comedy. I'm out of here. Um, so I lock her out, and I'm like, good. You you can get back in when I'm done talking about comedy. But I I was offered this job, and the guy was like, he's like, you know, I was an intern for a year or two, and now I'm making like eighty grand. And I was like, yeah, I can't take that job. Uh, that's like my reasoning was if I take a good job that's in like a, you know, like in a skyscraper somewhere, then I'm going to start to enjoy that job. And I moved here to do stand up. I can't tell you how flummoxed and angry this guy was with me because I went to like, like one interview and I was supposed to go to the next one with like the head of the company. And this kid was like, I got the perfect guy. You know, I kind of made him look a little bit bad, but I was like, no, man, Home Depot. I would rather scrape by and barely pay my bills but that would make me still want to do comedy rather than have like you know like a fucking new prius you know and like uh you know like be able to pay for a condo or whatever you know with this like really great job that this guy was offering me and it was like you know i gotta suffer a little bit like i moved out here uh it's what i want to do so yeah it's weird and then and then you kind of get into this mode where you're like not being able to pay bills depressed like how do you do comedy in that in that environment, Gary? That's right. Um, you, when you, you know. dig yourself into a big fucking pit, uh, it's hard to climb out of it. It's impossible yeah. to have that much energy. I was, I broke it down. I was like, I have to work every day, seven days a week. I have to make a hundred and fifty dollars minimum a day between yeah. dog walking, lifting, or I was right. working in sales. Uh, if a gig came along, I would take that. Right. And every time someone asked me to do something, I was like, I can't, I gotta work. Can't, gotta work. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. when I wasn't working, I'd be like, I gotta sleep. And mm-hmm. for those of you that have done ride sharing, you know, it's like, well, if you wanna make any money, you gotta either get up at 5 a.m., five, six days a week, do the airport stuff in a major city, or you've gotta work the prime time weekend hours with a bunch of drunks in your car that trash it. And, yeah. and you also risk falling asleep at the wheel or swerving or right. just making dumb mistakes. It's a hustle. It sucks. So yeah. where I'm at now is a very decent place. Like even though yeah. it seems like life has crumbled and I hear so many people bitching and it's so upsetting to be like, you're hanging on to the tragedy as opposed to like, yeah. well, you made it through. So what yeah. next? Yeah. And that's right. that's where my head's at now. It's like, well, I've got other things I want to do to get things going. We've done this for about a year. I remember yeah. just about last year, you had floated the idea. And then mm-hmm. we put like a bunch in the can. And I took like three months to edit them. 
because yeah, I was, that's all right. I was uh, you're a one man gang. Yeah, I had to I had to hustle, make life. That's because I'm old and I don't know how to operate technology. <laughs> it's all right. Um, <laughs> but we. But you know it's. But we set an idea in motion, and it, we continued on as a labor of love, and people yeah, and respond nice. well to it. Yeah, yeah, of course. And and anytime anyone, uh, you know, we should also say out there. I I think we have a Gmail, um, Death by Comedy at Gmail. Is that right? I think we do. We never check it, but we should. You're the one managing. Um, it, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, it's out there. I know. I know. I know what the password is. I've just never looked at it, but. The reason I bring this up is because lately a lot of people have, uh, uh, I have a, you know, this is not at all a brag because I really don't give a fuck, but um, there's a commercial that I did, you know, like fucking, you know, five, six months ago, I don't even know, that's running, and everyone uh, who sees it, like, reaches out to me, reaches out to my family, you know, it's a it's a nice connection, and I think that's part of what's great about this, you know, doing a podcast with you is that, People do reach out to me, like old friends, people I haven't heard from in a long time. Um, one of my close friends out here that I haven't fucking seen all year, my buddy Clyde, he, he like texts me like once a week to be like, hey, I listen to the pod again. This is great. He'll text me. And it's like, it's nice to connect with people. So yes, we've had all this tragedy. But to me, I'm excited to hang with you again. Like, you know, I always like to bring up the fact that we were going to try and go on tour last July. Yes. Uh, in Florida, which is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> we probably could have still went to Florida, yeah, right. but it was well, a horribly, horribly bad idea for anyone. Yeah, involved. but you know, you and I both have a conscience. <laughs> they you know, never there's a shut lot of people down. We, yeah, there's plenty of people who, you know, could do a lot of things. I mean, you can, you know, you can steal pensions from people. You know, you can, <laughs> you can do things, but you have to live with yourself afterwards. And I wouldn't have been able to live with myself. <laughs> traveling to florida just to see our buddies in key west or whatever but um but you know that that could happen this year that could happen in the fall and i think that's like what's exciting about it and i think it's exciting you know when people reach out or just the prospect of getting to get, get out there and see people again you know it's like it's almost like that zen thing or i don't know what religion does it but it's like you don't have the good without the bad you know you can't really appreciate what it would be like to have those good moments without suffering through this fucking year-long disaster. Yes. Plus, you know. You, you need to have a little suffer. I mean, that's what our business is. is yeah. Nobody comes to a comedy show and is like, I can't wait to hear something positive. They want to <laughs> laugh at a miserable, sad human being that they can put underneath their heels, which bothers yeah. me so fucking much when someone says... <laughs> Uh, I don't like offensive comedies. Like, no, 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 no. You don't like when the thing you're sensitive about got talked yeah. about. You were fine right. with offensive comedy yes. when it was about me, when it yes. was it about guys right. with glasses, bald, stupid losers right. that live with their families. Right. Everything about me, that's fine. I said this right, thing right. and you're like, it's, whoa. It's the second I mentioned nerds. <laughs> It's That's just right. everyone who gets offended is a nerd. It's um, and and everyone's entitled to their wrong opinion. But yeah. my point is, <laughs> you do what you do. Don't fucking come to a comedy show expecting exactly what you want. Go mm -hmm. hire a comedian to come to you. I think Bill Burr floated that idea. It's like these they show controversy on a on like a a newsreel, and it's the whole crowd's laughing at the joke, and it's just really it's yeah. one person who's pissed. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, that's funny. They get called out, and then they have to answer for it later. But, you know, the whole idea is to make light of things. And 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 in today's day and age, I mean, you know, we need that more than ever, I would argue. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's great. Uh, is there anything else that's on your mind, Gary? Just miss you so much. Yeah, um, likewise. <laughs> I wanted to ask you... Oh, you asked me this earlier. I wanted to know your answer because I've already mentioned yeah. mine. What's the one thing when you walk into a show that's – this is a question Chris asked me. When you yeah. walk into a show that sucks the life out of you uh, before you even do the set. And I, I, 
I think like the, like you walk into the room, you walk into the room, and you just see the room. Yeah. Like there might not even be anyone in it yet. You're just like it. Just kind of just is like it. It just crushes your soul by looking at it. There's more than one answer for me. Yeah. I already yeah. said ATM on stage, TVs that don't go off, and you know they're not going to go off. Yeah. Um, I did a show once where they kept the. Uh, it was like a playoff game, and then yeah. They Classic. the game ended and then they put on the weather channel and it was it was wow. California. There's no weather. Yeah. So they yeah. just had a TV on to use it as opposed to mm-hmm. just to be assholes. Um, like, pil- like like my my parents at bedtime. <laughs> They're just like, oh, all right. The TV's on all night. Like you just hear it in the other room and you're like, OK, can't sleep without the TV on. <laughs> Um, until until they play the Star Spangled Banner, <laughs> and they and they get sucked into the bed like Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, do you do you uh, have what's I, your uh, list? Give me some. There's a yeah, there's a few, but the the one main one is just space. You know, like you walk in and you're like, the fucking ceiling is so high, the people are. It's like everything is spread out. It's like you took what should have been a normal show and you just stretched it, stretch Armstronged it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like everything's so spread it's like a just like a like a concert hall kind of a deal without the like seats that are right next to each other or like you walk in and it's like a kind of a cafeteria situation where there's like a stage but the stage the the space between the stage and where the first person is sitting is like 20 feet or 20 yards and you're just like oh to reach to even see the first person i'm gonna need to get a bump on my my prescription on my glasses you know to like be able to see that person it's like, you know, um, I'm, I'm going at the largest E. That's where I'm going from. I got to go. I got to get to the next line down. But it's like, you know, you walk in and you're just like, oh, this is not going to work. Hmm. I would rather we're all on top of each other and we can't get out of each other's way. I mean, colleges a lot of the time are like that, where it's like, oh, we had this room. You know, we had this spare room. It's like normally it's like we would play dodgeball in here or whatever, but that kind of thing fucking kills me and the ceilings are too high and then uh i think i think almost anything that's kind of outdoors oh everything you know now. like <laughs> yeah 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 i mean i i would do it now i mean i would probably do a show like that like an outdoor show you know in the space between when things come back like personally i would i don't recommend it but you know i think i could come up with some kind of a character to do outside but like just anything outside where it's like a half a tent. Hmm. We did it like a Christmas show a few years ago. It was in like someone's backyard and it was cold. And people were mostly outside and then you were under like a tent with a mic. And and generally if you're if you're outside, the mic is never adequate. <laughs> yeah. It's never gonna be enough. You know what I mean? Or or there's no mic. Like I did it I did Just a college on the floor once it was and everyone's up yes. here. <laughs> yeah. And there's like a dog walking around. Hmm. You know, the dog's, like, blocking half the time. But um, uh, I did, a, I did like, a little amphitheater um, one time. And it was, like, you know, one of those, like, in the round kind of, like, almost like you're in, like, your, you know, um, Aristophanes or some shit. You know, you walk out, you're just like, <laughs> where's my toga? And it, people are in these, like, tiers. And it was a, co- a small, like, arts college, like, liberal arts college. And the kids weren't sitting close. And I don't think that there was, like a microphone for some reason so you're just kind of like pontiff you're like you know given like a sermon on the mount to these like you know 19 20 year old kids and they're just like fuck you you know you're just like oh god um and then and then there are some that like you don't think are gonna do go well where it's like an environment like um i mentioned to you like frat house and i was like oh this is gonna be like my brother was like oh we're you know we're gonna do this frat it was an mit frat i think I can't really remember, but it might have been Harvard or whatever, but we went in there and um and I was like, Oh boy, this is gonna be rough. But they were paying us and it was like a paid gig and we went in and it was great. Everyone who came into the room was like attentive, paid attention. I was like, Oh, this is gonna be a nightmare. There's gonna be people throwing beer at us. They were like, Oh, we have food, we have you know, you guys want beer, you want this, you want that. They took care of us and they were very uh very cordial, very nice. Everyone laughed, we had a good time, no hecklers. You know, I was like Oh, I thought that was going to be a fucking nightmare. That's like the opposite of what ends up happening. And quite often, I will say the caveat is 
I think things are going to go really bad. I think I look at things differently from you and that I'm like a pessimist when it comes to comedy and it ends up going pretty well. Like I'm surprised, you know, it's like, I think, I think my, my special should be called pleasantly surprised. (laughs) Yeah. They were, they were nice. No one was an asshole. They laughed when they were supposed to. And you know, you end up feeling good about yourself at the end of it, but um, it feels like it's, more rare than it should be these days but uh but it's not a not a bad way to i guess go through life oh this could suck oh no it's actually pretty good um but that may be the red sox fan in me could be just that i'm from boston i think that's how my parents viewed childbirth (laughs) chris he's got a lovely beard um we've had yeah, a fun it time. was great as always gary uh we i were... don't know you got anything coming up you want to promote you just did this thing with maria can people still watch that or i don't know so i oh. won't promote it but uh yeah right. thank special thank you to everybody that came to i'm sure see maria uh mm-hmm. i happened to do a little spot on this rush to maria bamford the uh the amazing maria bamford incomparable um one of my absolute favorite comedians of all time my goes, favorite it goes, my... it goes gary peterson and then oh, oh i'm sorry maria's yours yeah i should have gone first i should have <laughs> <laughs> trying to beg you to get to say me um, um it's maria bamford and then uh it's gary peterson and then maria bamford. oh you're my favorite prop comic <laughs> yeah yeah yes that's <laughs> correct yeah i got some new ones for you um uh, you're my favorite guy comedian <laughs> <laughs> um but uh but no great idea great show they just did gary just we're we're only talking about shows we just did (laughs) yeah it was a benefit for the downtown uh women's shelter of la um if uh anybody went thank you if anybody didn't go yes uh it's okay you can still donate to the downtown women's shelter of los angeles or your local women's shelter uh help out uh those less fortunate than you um and uh yellow belt confidence Oh let's, yeah. Let's. Uh, Gary's got an album out there. Is it on iTunes now, Gary? Because mm-hmm. I bought it on uh, Dead and Mellow, which is also our uh, network for podcasting. Yes, uh, um, deadandmellow.com, so uh, available along with other great pods. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Kathleen uh, Demar. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Demurl. <laughs> yeah. She always. <laughs> Gary always messes up. She's gonna hate this. Oh, very nice. Um, <laughs> But yeah, and follow us on Instagram, all that. And then I'll say at the very end here, um, we do have a Gmail. I will check the Gmail. If you have anything, any, it's so ridiculous. But if you have anything you want, uh, uh, I will read the Gmail this week. It is, uh, I think it's death by comedy, all one word, obviously. No no underscores or anything like that. Death by comedy at gmail.com. Uh, if you have anything you'd like to say to us or you just want to check in, you're an old friend, um, you know, we'd love to hear from you because yeah. uh, I think people are starting to reconnect. We're reconnecting. This whole podcast endeavor was so that Gary and I could stay connected. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you for listening to us every week. And we really appreciate it. Uh, uh, send to our Instagram as well um, at yes. Death by Comedy Pod on Instagram. Shoot us uh-huh. uh, maybe a story about your crazy performances or things or questions you have for us or past guests uh yeah we'd love to read them on air we'll uh we'll see if we get a couple good ones we'll read them out um but uh yeah thank you and relax your slacks has been brought to you by Dead and Mellow. Follow us on all your social media platforms and shop around at deadandmellow.com to see all of our stand-up, music, and podcast releases. Thank you, and God bless America. All right, see you later. See you. Uh, we actually, we even got just that dig.